These changes are affordable, these changes are modest, and they're responsible. They don't require shady accounting tricks. All they require is a government that puts the people first. That's Ontario PC leader Doug Ford. He has announced a three-point plan to save Ontario taxpayers 12% on hydro bills. We're joined by Ian Lee, professor at the Sprott School of Business. Ian, does it seem feasible? Uh, it is. Uh, some people are going to uh, suggest, uh, Kelly, that it's a, it's a bit of a gimmick, but I don't believe it is for two reasons. Um, I'm talk- taking the whole pro- uh, package today uh, that he promised. First, it's transparent. It's the opposite of what was done uh, by the Liberals by uh, taking things off the books and hiding them through disguised accounting entries. In this instance, he's telling you, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the dividend paid by Ontario Hydro, and instead of paying it to the government, I'm going to have it paid to the consumer. And, um, and, and so the, these are, are, are very visible. They're very transparent. Everybody knows where the money's coming from. So it's going to be, quote, fully costed. I, I do... Though, um, and, I, and I think this is good, and, and there's a reason for that. The, the environment minister in Ottawa, Ms. McKenna, and everybody who supports a carbon tax argue the purpose of the carbon tax is to change our behavior. You, me, everybody. They want us to switch from fossil fuel to non-fossil fuels. Well, to do that, you need the substitute, which is what we're talking about, in this instance, electricity, to be cheaper than the fossil fuel. Otherwise, why on earth would I substitute? Why am I going to shift from natural gas or oil to electricity if it's more expensive? And so what they've done, and this was my criticism from the get-go of the FIT program in Ontario, was they didn't drive down the price of electricity to make it more competitive with natural gas, the fossil fuel. They drove the price of electricity up through the roof, and they produced this bizarre situation, full disclosure, I was one of them, Mm -hmm. who switched from my electric water tank and my electric dryer to a natural gas dryer because it was far, far cheaper, the operating costs. In other words, they were achieving the exact opposite of what they're intended to do. Ian, you're not alone on that. Look at I'm looking at a new dryer, and it's going to be gas as well. It's way too expensive to run that dryer. That's where a lot of my laundry costs come from. Precisely. And so where I'm going with this, I'm connecting the mistake of the Liberals on the Green Plan, which drove the cost of electricity up, when they should have been driving it down, if they want us to change our behavior, to Doug Ford, what he is doing, he is trying to reduce the cost of electricity. Now, his argument is, I'm doing this for the people of Ontario. Nothing wrong with that motive. Um, I'm just saying that for those people who are environmentalists and say we've got to get off fossil fuels, they should be celebrating this today because it's going to make electricity a little bit more competitive with the fossil fuels alternatives. And and that's what the, the environmentalists want us to do. They want us to stop using oil and natural gas. Well, the, the way forward is to make electricity cheaper, not more expensive. All right, let's break down the three-point plan. Let's, let's uh, yeah. drill down on the three points. The first one, return all Hydro One dividends to Hydro customers, saving the average family $70 on their Hydro bills. You say that's, that's a doable thing. Let's hit on number two. Stop the practice of burying the cost of conservation programs on Hydro bills and instead move those programs to the tax base, saving the average family $43 on their hydro bills. What exactly is the conservation program? In my understanding, it's the fact that we are subsidizing low-income customers with an affordability fund, and they take that off our hydro bill. Is that right? 
Um, I have not looked drilled into the the, uh, the the details of the cost of conservation. Uh, again, full disclosure on my part, there is a green fund in Ontario that if you do certain things like buy a new furnace, you can get a check back. Full disclosure, I just changed my furnace. I'm getting a check for $1,500. That It's under the green conservation fund mm-hmm. so it's not only low-income people it's my understanding and i stand to be corrected because that's a pretty ambiguous phrase yeah. but my understanding is it's all of these rebate programs to people who retrofit their house put new energy efficient windows in and that's or, a biggie re- right now the ontario green on program yeah, and, and so that program shouldn't be part of the hydro bill. It should be part of the general, uh, sorry for the technical jargon, but it should be par- coming out of the general consolidated revenue fund, which is the fancy technical term for the bank account under which all government programs are funded other than things like hydro. Which are funded so- by taxes. Yeah, and that's paid for by taxes. So under right. the CRF, Consolidated Revenue Fund, that's where all the bills are paid for all the government departments like justice and, you know, and so forth. And so he's moving. You, people could say, well, he's just moving money around. True, but it's not an, a cost attributable to the production and distribution of hydro. So why on earth is it on our hydro bill? It should be part of general taxation. Here's the third point. Place an immediate moratorium on any new energy contracts while walking back and renegotiating existing contracts where possible. And I think that's important that they put that in there. Saving the average family $60 on their hydro bill. How easy, because we've talked about this before, and how how the electricity uh, bills actually increased because of all these green energy contracts that were, we had no no ability to store the energy that's being made. How possible is it to get out of some of these contracts? Well, let me first, before answering that question, let me state this is absolutely essential. If we want this third recommendation, this third policy promise is the most important of all of them. If we want to deal with the energy mess, the structural mess in Ontario, we have to get to the root of the problem. The root of the problem, in my view, and many others, was the FIT program that subsidized people, as we know, at prices far above market, originally 10 times the price of electricity that these people were getting paid, to produce electricity we did not need because we did not have a shortfall of electricity in the first place. So what did Ontario do with this surplus of energy? Because you can't store electricity, as you just noted. We sold it at a huge loss to the Americans in the border states, and so we could, as I sarcastically put it, so they could solicit our Ontario businesses to move over to the U.S. side to get cheaper electricity courtesy of the taxpayers of Ontario. This is madness, pure madness. Now, you've asked the question, can it be done? And I'm not a lawyer, but I have read up on this uh, a lot because it's something that has really, really concerned me. And it's my, and I'm really relying on Professor Party at uh, Queen's University, who's written on this, who's a law professor. And he has argued, and I've seen this argued by others, that if the contract is abrogated administratively, the FIP uh, contract with the consumer or the business that installed the windmills or the solar panels, if the contract is abrogated by OPG, Ontario Power Generation, or one of its subsidiaries, then they will be liable for enormous compensation for the uh, uh, breach of the contract. Mm. However, if a bill is introduced in the Legislative Assembly of the province of Ontario, the bill can actually include a clause 
because of the principle of legislative supremacy, they can include a clause saying that anybody whose contract is abrogated is entitled to zero compensation or a dollar or ten dollars or a hundred dollars or ten thousand. In other words, they they have the authority to legislate away those uh, those compensations uh, uh, those promises of compensation that are in the fit contracts they can in other words customize the compensation so i believe it can be done and I, just very quickly on this kelly because this is really important some people say well wait a minute you're you're screwing these poor innocent canadians ontarians who didn't they walked in eyes open you know, they, nobody told them that this was going to happen and i understand that some injustice could have occur and so what i'm suggesting is a similar uh, proposal to what they did in australia when they got rid of supply management and they said those people who came in last and paid the most money for the most recent licenses like people that just went out and bought the solar panels, they will get the maximum compensation. Mm. But it'll be on a sliding scale so that those who came in uh, longest, in other words, they've been getting their checks for 10 years, so they've long paid off the capital cost of those windmills or those uh, solar panels. It'll be on a sliding scale down to zero. So the people who've had them the longest, they made the most money, they've made the most profit out of it. And so assuming they're, and the accountants can figure this out, whether their cost is being recaptured for the, for the um, solar panels, they get nothing at that point. If they've, got been, if they've been paid off and they have no debt outstanding on that, then you wipe them out. Those people who signed up last year and might be sitting on a bank loan of, let's make up a number, $20,000, it would be unfair to abrogate the contract without compensation. So you've got to at least cover, I think, their costs so we don't start wiping out individual citizens in Ontario. That would be terribly unfair. So it's got to be a nuanced compensation scheme where we, we save those people from harm where they have a big bank loan that they took out expressly for the installation of the solar panels or the windmills. It could be done, but more importantly, we've got to kill the program overall, the FIT program that is producing, uh, driving electricity prices up, not down. We're speaking with uh, Professor Ian Lee from the Sprott School of Business. Ian, so this is a winner, Doug Ford announcing uh, this three-point plan. You don't see anything wrong with it. You're going to give it a thumbs up. Uh, I I think that um, I am going to give it a thumbs up. I uh, one more thing, uh, Kelly. I don't yeah. think it's gone far enough. Okay. If somebody well, says, is this the be-all and the end-all? There, now we're all over. We can we put this file to bed. No. Okay, so the he thumb's should... not up. What, do we, what does Doug Ford need to do? There's one more thing he's got to do beyond killing the FIT program and terminating the FIT program with with compensation and fairness for those who still have uh, debts on on that. He's got to announce that we, Ontario, are going to give up this foolish, unbelievably foolish policy of former Premier McGuinty, who insisted on a, quote, made in Ontario, end quote, energy policy. We've got to terminate that concept, throw it out the window and say, we are going to source electricity from the lowest source provider, wherever that may be. And next door, the province of Quebec has billions of kilowatt hours of surplus. They're selling to Vermont and New Hampshire and upstate New York at six cents a kilowatt hour. Why wouldn't that's- Doug look at that? Why, why, why do you think that's not part of this plan if it makes so much sense? 
Um, I, I truly don't know. This has been advocated before. Premier Charest in 2005 offered this to McGuinty when he was the premier, and McGuinty turned it down on the basis, I want a made-in-Ontario policy, and we did. We got one at 50, 12 to 15 cents a kilowatt hour. Uh, that, that's absurd. They have a competitive advantage in Quebec of producing electricity. They can produce it more cheaply than we can. If that's the case, and it's really clean electricity, so you can't even argue that they're polluting. I mean, this is a green hydroelectric electricity from James Bay. It's endlessly renewable. It's unbelievably clean. They're supposed to be the cleanest hydro producer in the world, and they're selling it dirt cheap. Yes, we have to build some major transmission lines to bring it across um, from Quebec into Ontario. Okay, call that infrastructure. Get the government to come in, the federal government to come in. This is classic infrastructure to build some transmission, heavy-duty transmission lines. But the point is, this is when you're talking electricity, it's a long-term capital expenditure because it's a very, very long-term asset. These assets run 40, 50, 60 years, lifetime. So, in other words, this is the long-term solution. It's not an overnight fix to bring in and source electricity, clean electricity, from a, a better producer, a more efficient, cheaper producer. In this instance, it's called the province of Quebec and uh, Hydro-Quebec or Quebec Hydro. Well, Ian, I want to thank you. Uh, what people don't know is you're on vacation right now, so I'm going to let you go. And it's <laughs> okay. about uh, fun and tonic time, so enjoy that. Okay, thanks very much. Cheers. Have a great day. Right up.